Are you hungry for the usual today? Or are you ready to spice things up with the new Nashville hot brisket from Firehouse Subs? We're kicking up our slow-smoked beef brisket with Nashville hot seasoning. It's topped with melted pepper jack and our sweet and tangy slaw, served piping hot on a toasted cornbread roll. Yeah, a cornbread roll. Save time. Order your new Nashville hot brisket on the Firehouse Subs app today. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to the most electrifying podcast in all of internet radio today. You are listening to the Sports Wire. My name is Big Daddy Cool Vinny Abisella, and I'm sitting here in beautiful, historic New Britain, Connecticut, and I'm here with another jam-packed edition of the Sports Wire for you. I personally need to apologize for the fact that I haven't been keeping up with the weekly episodes of the Sports Wire. Um, unfortunately, my personal schedule has been so rough, especially with working overnights and trying to get things accomplished. Uh, I just haven't been able to sit down and actually do a podcast. So I apologize for that, and I will make a better attempt at keeping it weekly uh, for the millions and millions of Sports Wire fans out there. Uh, well, tens, maybe hundreds, hundreds, whatever, uh, of Sportswire's fans out there that come to depend on the Sportswire for just entertainment purposes. I will never say we're really that informational, but the thing is, is like, we're definitely here for entertainment. We talk about wrestling, we talk about sports, talk about uh, politics and religion and just everything else under the sun that you could think about. So... I have to say, first off, this morning, a couple things I never, ever, ever thought were possible. Both, uh, uh, Richard Blumen Idiot, who's the senator, one of the senators from Connecticut, okay, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC, they both said something smart on Twitter today, which I cannot believe I'm actually saying that. They both helped the public... And, and both actually said something smart. Uh, the first thing is, if you were, if, if you were uh, affected by the Equifax, uh, you know, breach of security that uh, your information possibly could have gone out there, you are able to uh, figure it out, uh, you are able to uh, apply to get a $125 just for being affected. Um, so you can go to, and AOC tweeted this out today. Um, the ad, the uh, address, the the website address is igibility, i g i b i l i t y dot equifaxbreachsettlement.com slash en slash eligibility. So definitely uh, check that out. That's the first thing. That's that's some the the. Probably one of the only smart things she's ever said that actually helped people. And the second thing is Bloomin' Idiot 
who is, uh, you know, obviously a Democratic senator from Connecticut. He beat, uh, <laughs> he beat Linda McMahon uh, to get in there. He was former attorney general of our state, and he never even helped out our state. So, unfortunately, you know, I don't understand how he got in there. But whatever the case may be, okay? Uh, you know, I don't want to go too much into Twitter because, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I, I'll get sidetracked, especially with David Hogg and saying Donald Trump is a fascist, you know, which obviously we know that David Hogg is just an idiot. We know that already. Okay, so <clears throat> here's the other thing that I actually agree with. Uh, Senator Bloom, an idiot. Uh, Jewel is big tobacco is using big tobacco's playbook, addicting our kids on nicotine through targeted marketing and quote unquote education campaigns. FDA must take action and pull all flavored e-cigs off the market. I highly agree with that for the simple fact that it may not be a full nicotine uh, a thing. Um, there are e-cigarettes out there, vaporizers or, or vape pens or whatever you want to call them. Uh, but the problem is. You're, you're sucking air into your lungs. Now, we're taught from a young age, especially in swimming, you don't want water vapor in your lungs. You don't want water in your lungs because that could make you drown. Uh, coming out recently have been a lot of people who utilize these vape pens or other stuff are coming up with some are coming out with some kind of a disease called uh, bubble lung or something like that. Uh, you know, and, you know, to each other, you know, we don't want kids to start, and that's the unfortunate truth to the matter. Um, so, let me just read this. This is from the New York Post, uh, July 25th, 2019, Washington. Last summer, with public concern about teenage vaping growing, Jewel Labs paid a charter school organization in Baltimore $134,000 to set up a five-week summer camp to teach children healthy lifestyles. Kind of seems a little suspect to me, right? Uh, the curriculum was created by Jewel, maker of the very vaping devices that were causing the most alarm among parents, health experts, and public uh, officials. In April 2017, a Jewel representative visited, visited the Dwight School in New York City to meet with students with no teachers present and told them the company's e-cigarettes were, were totally safe. Other schools across the country were offered $10,000 from the e-cigarette company for the right to talk to students in classrooms or after school. In Richmond, California last year, Jewel gave the Police Activities League $90,000 to offer the company's vaping education program, Moving Beyond, to middle school and high school students who face suspension for using cigarettes. Those efforts were among the many deals by a House subcommittee on Thursday afternoon in the second day of hearings on the problem of youth vaping and Jewel's role in it, a topic that the Food and Drug Administration and two states' attorneys general have been investigating for more than a year. Jewel deployed a sophisticated program to enter schools and convey its messaging directly to teenage children, recruited thousands of online influencers to market its vaping devices to youths and targeted children as young as eight in summer camp, a memo, a memo prepared by some committee staff members claimed. Testifying before the panel, James Monsees, one of Jewel's co-founders, emphasized the company's decision last year to stop selling most of its flavored nicotine pods in stores and limit their availability to, to online age-verified sales. I can't imagine a more responsive and a proactive 
uh, action we could take, he said, adding that the company lost about half its business at the time as a result. Why does it look like it's going... Why does... I don't know. It kind of looks like my uh, thing is going very, very slowly. I don't know. Anyways, um, Jewel, which has estimated $38 billion valuation, stopped shipping the flavored pots to retailers at a time when the Food and Drug Administration was threatening to remove its devices from the market if it did not make them inaccessible to youths. On the education-related programs, Representative Katie Hill, Democrat of California, criticized the company for its sponsorship of the summer camp in Baltimore and a contract last year with LifeSkills, a Kentucky outfit that was supposed to offer a healthy program, a health program for more than 1,000 children. She accused Jewel of financing such camps in exchange for data about test scores, surveys, and activity logs. She grilled Ashley Gould, the company's chief administrative, administrative officer, about the program and asked why Jewel would need such data. I am not aware of that, Ms. Gould said, but also defended the grants and outreach to schools. Anything we undertook in the educational space was intended to keep kids away from using the product, Ms. Gould said. In a tweet after the hearing, Congresswoman Hill noted that noted the data sharing and asked, I think that's messed up? So do I. And I can only imagine the possible use, uses of that data in the hands of Big Tobacco. A Jewel spokesman said that the company had given out just six grants of unspecified amounts to schools and youth programs for health and vaping prevention activities, but added that it no longer was funding such programs. Jewel's sleek vaping devices and flavored pods with, hu with high nicotine levels have become hugely popular with, with teenagers since the company launched in 2015. Jewel executives have repeatedly denied targeting youth, young people and say their products are designed for adult smokers who want a safer alternative to combustible cigarettes. Uh, the vapors inhaled through e-cigarettes do not contain the carcinogens created by burning tobacco, but the nicotine in them is highly addictive, and many public health officials fear their popularity among teenagers who have never smoked is creating a new generation of nicotine addicts. The subcommittee bases findings on thousands of documents obtained from Jewel and from Massachusetts from the Massachusetts Attorney General's office, which is investigating Jewel, as the Attorney General of North Carolina. Included in the documents are emails that show Jewel executives struggling to deal with the worsening public opinion and comparisons to big tobacco, even before Altria, the maker of Marlboros, bought a 35% stake of the country company last December. One email dated April 17, 2018 was from Julie Henderson, director of Jewel's Youth Prevention and Education Program, to two consultants. It refers to a discussion she had with Ms. Gould about whether the company should attend a health fair at Hinsdale Central High uh, in Illinois. Just spoke with Ashley and she shares my concern about the optics of us attending a student health fair given our new understanding of how much our efforts seem to duplicate those of Big Tobacco. Ms. Henderson wrote, Philip Morris attended fairs and carnivals where they distributed various branded items under the guise of youth prevention. One of the big questions the FDA has been trying to answer is whether Juul intentionally marketed its products to teenagers. Among the documents presented at the hearing was a detailed company plan to recruit celebrity influencers to spread the word about the devices during their early days on the market. We are aiming for influencers in popular culture with large audiences in various sectors such as mu music, movies, social, pop media, etc., a company memo said. 
Other people testifying before the House panel on Wednesday said Juul's efforts to curb youth access to its products were too little too late. Its school vaping education programs were of particular concern. The lawmakers contend that the activities Juul introduced in 2018 as prevention programs were actually intended to familiarize teenagers with its products. It has been nearly a year since the FDA started its crackdown on Juul. At the time, the agency seized uh, documents from the Juul from Juul's offices. After Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who was then commissioner, threatened to pull up, pull Juul off shelves if the company c- could not com- could not keep the products away from the youth, Juul responded by ending most of its social media campaigns. It also began restricted sales in some fruit of some fruit and dessert flavors to online sales, which require age verification to ensure buyers are over 21. Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, Democrat of Illinois and chairman of the panel overseeing the hearing, said he was concerned about the difficulty parents have in detecting e-cigarettes compared to combustible, combustible products. He also took issue with Jules' assertion that it had removed youth-friendly flavors from stores. Although you say you took all the flavors out of the stores, you left the mint flavor, he said. Mint is a, is a flavor, and it took the place of other flavors. Jules' rebranding campaign has relied on a lobbying army to press its case around the country, as well as recruiting scientists to build evidence that, quote-unquote, Juuling is more of a benefit than a liability for public health. The company has until May 2020 to prove, the F, prove to the FDA that its products are more beneficial than detrimental. Dr. Norman E. Ned Sharpless of uh, the agency's acting commissioner has vowed to continue Dr. Gottlieb's uh, crackdown on youth vaping, but it's unclear whether Dr. Sharpless has the clout to continue a regulatory push that has mixed support at best at the White House. Jewel has spent $940,000 on lobbying so far this year, according to the Center for Responsive Politics, which tracks money in politics. The e-cigarette company has not yet reported its 2019 contributions, but in March, Kevin Burns, Jules' chief executive, donated $125,000 to a representative fundraising committee called Take Back the House. Correction, July 26, 2019. An earlier version of this article incorrectly included Dwight School in New York City among schools that were offered $10,000 by Jewel Labs for the right to talk to students. Dwight School was not offered the money was not offered money by the company in exchange for access to students in classrooms or after school. Okay, so that's a lot of stuff. Now, but see, here's the thing. Quite honestly, in my opinion, smoking is a disgusting habit. Matter to the point where I won't even date a smoker. If I find out a woman smokes, I will not date her or kiss her or do anything with her because I think it's absolutely filthy and disgusting. With that being said, However, I do feel that, you know, people have obviously the option. It's not illegal, okay? Although, why is nicotine, which is addictive, and it's technically a drug, why is that okay? Like, why is it, you know, allowed to be on the shelves? Yet, marijuana that's natural and not addictive and, you know, has a lot of health benefits, that actually does have a lot of health benefits, why is that still illegal, even though a lot of medical marijuana is legalized and, you know, places, you know, we're finally getting to the point where a lot of people are, a lot of states are uh, recognizing and and legalizing recreational marijuana, you know. Uh, but
but see, here's the thing. Something like that, that is targeting children, which, honestly, all this shit shouldn't be done until you're 18 anyways. So for kids to start this shit, you know, I've heard stories, women, you know, people that, you know, start smoking when they're 12 years old or 8 years old or this. It's like, what? Where? You know, I mean, obviously, back in the day, a lot of people did it and parents did it in front of their kids and this, that, the other thing. And, you know, my both my parents smoked for a long time. As a matter of fact, my dad did for a long time. Uh, my stepmother still does, even though, thank God, my father and stepmother are getting divorced. And, you know, that's over with she could get out of my life I care uh, but um, you know my father did for a long time and luckily he did quit my mother did after the divorce you know and even when she did I didn't even want to go near her but it's like I could understand it because so many kids are exposed to it when they're younger you know see my son knows if he ever starts to I'll beat his ass <laughs> he's 13 now but I mean it, you know if he ever started I will beat his ass um, because, I'm sorry, I think it's a disgusting habit, and I make that known anytime I know someone that, uh, that does smoke, I make it known that I feel it's a disgusting habit. You know, weed, get, get, you know, weed I have no problem with. Um, personally, I don't do it myself, I'll, I've, I've smoked weed in the past, and, um, you know, I, I prefer edibles anyways, I don't like the smoking part of anything. Um, edibles? Yeah. That's fine with me. <laughs> uh, but anyways, moving on. I do feel that there's a lot of stuff that's uh, out there that's, you know, unhealthy, that's legal. Hell, sugar, <laughs> you know. Sugar, we know, uh, too much of it is addictive. You know, can't, you know, you gotta use sugar to bake and cook and, and make stuff with. Um, there's healthy sugars, you know, obviously, veg, fruits and stuff, um, but, you know, uh, sugar is definitely, caffeine is, is another one, you know, and that's naturally found in chocolate, <laughs> you're not going to ban all this stuff, yeah, and you can't, you know, you can't get it, go in there and ban stuff like that. Chemicals, however, something that's not naturally occurring, which, uh, nicotine is not naturally occurring in anything, as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, you know, tobacco, but again, you know, it's, it's added, um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, it's, it's a chemical that's, that's meant to get you addicted, and quite honestly, we should, we, we can't have, there's too much other shit in this world to worry about than if you're gonna get addicted to, to cigarettes or whatever, um, you know, my point is just stay away from them. uh, but with that said, um, you know, so so that's the kind of stuff that the Democrats should be focusing on instead of impeaching our president for tweets he said. And the tweets that he put out that people are up in arms about are just uh, the truth. The absolute truth. And, you know, it's like, okay, so the tweet that he put out that so many people are up in arms with, he named the four. You know, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Il... Ilhan Omar, uh, and there's the two others that are, you know, the freshmen, the, the quote-unquote new face of the Democratic Party, the socialists. Uh, uh, I want to say it was uh, Representative Hayes, I want to say. Uh, let me just do a quick Bing search. Uh, uh, 
four Democrats. Uh, there we go. Four Democratic congresswomen. There we go. That's who they are. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's, yeah, okay. So here are the four. Alexandria, they're progressives, excuse me, but they're socialists. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, uh, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, and Ilhan Omar of Minnesota. Those are the four uh, Democratic Republican, Democratic representatives that Trump said, and he said, if your policies work so well, go back to where your home, your, your home country is, and he didn't make it he didn't say they weren't American, but they're native country, okay? Uh, go back there and try it. Knowing full well that these four women come from, you know, whether it's the Middle East or Venezuela or, or other places where socialism is currently, you know, uh, there or trying to be put into place, go try it there and see what happens. And if it works, come back to our country and, you know, we'll try it. But we know socialism doesn't work. <clears throat> we know it. We already know that socialism does not work in our country, uh, or, or ever, you know. Every time, socialism has an end date. And, and the reason why I say that is, look at the USSR, look at Russia, you know. It was called the United Soviet Socialist Republic, um, excuse me, United Socialist of, United Soviet of Socialist Republic, or something like that, I think that's what it was, Union of Soviet whatever but it you know look at it that was the start to communism in, in Russia and it, it eventually went from socialism to communism and that's unfortunately what we're trying to get trying to not have done in our country because our taxes are high enough number one and if the Democrats especially Obama's followers you know have their way you're going to be paying 75 percent of your income to taxes Medicare for all you know, tuition for all, which, okay, <clears throat> here's the thing, if a college degree guaranteed you a good job, a good paying job, then I'm all for it, but it doesn't, it still takes you to go to class and get your education and get your degree and go through and put in the work to get a good job, okay, it still takes that you to go out and do it. So I'm working my ass off to get my degree. Why am I going to want to pay my hard-earned money after getting that degree? Pay my, you know, it's bad enough you have to pay student loans. Okay, you got to pay those back. I get it. Okay, um, but you go there, you go to college, you get your degree, and you get to the point where, all right, well, you know what? We're at the point now where. Uh, 75% of your income is coming to the country. We're going to pay to put other people through college. Well, you know, we're going to pay for other people to have medical insurance. All right, here's the problem with that, okay? A lot of people don't have my work ethic. Some people just go to college because they can go to college, you know, on the country's dime. That doesn't mean they're, they might get a liberal arts degree. What's that going to do? What's that going to do? They'll be able to get a job at Walmart as a, you know, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. Business management is a good, good degree. And there are good degrees out there, but you still have to apply yourself to get a better job. And the fact is, is that you're still paying out the wazoo for student loans. 
So instead of paying after, you know, instead of paying out of your pocket, you're just paying out of your taxes, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, then I don't have to worry about it. All right, well, here's the problem with that. You want to say you don't want to worry about it, but how about the fact that, you know, you're paying so much in taxes that you can't afford your rent, or you can't afford to buy your kids food, you know, and then the other thing that come out is that, that came out this week is that the the Trump Trump administration wants to cut the SNAP uh, eligibility instead of being 185% of the poverty rate down to 130%. Here's, here's the way I look at it. Food is one of those places where people need help. You know, I'm not saying that you can't, you know, I'm not saying that you have to cut, you know, SNAP to, to the people that need it. What I'm saying is, you know, there are a lot of people that sell their SNAP benefits so they can use their money for other things. You know, so they get food stamps and then they give you their card, you know, and you take their card, you go buy your food with it, and then, you know, they take your, let's say they get $100 in food stamps, they get $50 cash that they can spend on whatever. You know, here's the problem with that, okay? Especially in Connecticut, you can't find a job high that pays you enough to support yourself so when people are able to get food stamps because they have kids or whatever they're not going to spend food stamps you can only spend in a grocery store on food or a farmer's market but it, but especially you know only on food you can't buy you know you can't pay your bill with it you know you can't pay your gas bill or get gas in your car with food stamps you know and that's unfortunately a problem that we have you know big time in Connecticut where our taxes are out of this world, number one, and you pay taxes on absolutely everything. I get it, but it's still fraud, you know, and there's too much of that out there. I don't agree with taking food stamps away from people, but I do agree with, you know, you, there has to be a happy medium. You're never going to get to the point where you can say, oh, this person is using them fraudulently and this person is not. You're never going to get there unless you have a facial recognition when you buy the when you pay for the food pay with food stamps. Like, there's not going to be any grocery store that's going to be like, okay, well, we have to take your fingerprint in order to, you know, uh, pay for the food. Which actually is a good idea because you know, but but again, there's no supermarket that's going to upgrade their current security or their current credit cards, you know, for for that, you know. So I can't go you know, utilize my landlord's, let's say that my landlord was on Snap. I can't go to the store and utilize her Snap card because, you know, because it asks for a fingerprint. So what's it going to do? Well, it could still be fraudulent because they'll just go with them. You know, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, and it's unfortunate but true. So you can't, again, you cannot blame the majority of people who follow the rules on the minority of people that don't follow the rules. It's the same thing which I'm kind of surprised you know, it, it kind of comes back to the same thing with the gun issue and, and, and the quote unquote gun control issue. You can't punish those who utilize guns and carry guns legally and don't use them for school shootings you can't blame those school shootings and and, and try to punish the legalized people who have guns 
can't punish them for the few who, who decide to buy guns from the black market. And again, by control, quote unquote, controlling the guns, you're not going to uh, stop the black market gun trade. You're not going to do that. You're not going to stop it. Because people will still find ways of buying on the black market. Oh, well, we could melt down all the guns and get rid of them all. Okay, well, here's the problem with that. You still have guns in lockup at police departments because they were used in crimes, right? And they're evidence, right? So they can't melt those down. They can't get rid of them because they're being used in, in court, you know, for evidence. So what happens, okay? You get a, you, you end up paying a cop off, a dirty cop, to, to get one of those. And then one of those guns conveniently goes missing during their, you know, during the uh, transfers. Well, that gun is now on the black market. And you're going to have somebody that goes goes and says, oh, I, you know, I don't have a license, but hey, you know, I could pay a little extra in cash and I could get this this, this gun. So I can go over here and blow up the school. Or, or go and, uh, you know, shoot up the school or shoot up this workplace or whatever. Don't laugh. Because that's the way it is. You know, so... You, you know, you can't... Again, you know, it just goes back to the fact of you can't blame the majority... For the acts of the minority. Whew. Alright, so uh, it was 28 minutes. Uh, we're already 28 minutes in. Talked about politics and stuff this whole time. Uh, so, alright, so I'm going to take a quick break, grab a drink of water, and uh, I'll be back in a little bit. back uh, with Sportswire. My name is Big Daddy Cool Vinny Apicella and you are listening to the Sportswire, the most electrifying podcast in all of internet radio today. And you know, honestly, I totally forgot. Alright, oh, I think I finally... Woohoo! <laughs> Sorry about that. I get excited a little bit. Um, normally, it's like pulling teeth trying to get rosters for semi-pro football teams, okay? <clears throat> um, and I finally got the roster, even for the Panthers. Uh, I had to print it off NFL website, but now I actually have it for the Nor'easter, who they're actually playing today. So I am going to go ahead and uh, print it out when I'm done with this. Uh, thing. Anyways, <laughs> this second, <laughs> this second segment was supposed to be about the Panthers. Anyways, uh, so it kind of works out. Uh, I just got the uh, roster for the New Hampshire Nor'easter that are playing tonight. Uh, that they are playing tonight on the 27th of July. So if you're downloading this on the day it's dropped, come on out to Falcon Field in uh, Meriden and. Uh, have a great night of football. Uh, we're working on a couple different things for the Panthers this year. Uh, maybe by next year we'll actually be on terrestrial or, well, it will be internet radio, but uh, more popular than the podcast the way we're doing it now. Right now we're doing it on tape delay. So I will, re- you know, I'll call it live, play by play. I'll record it live and then kind of edit it through tomorrow night 
and probably post it on Sunday and it'll be distributed to everywhere it's going to be distributed uh, via Spreaker. Uh, but with that, with that being said, now I have, now I'm going to tell you everywhere that uh, we are distributed. So, what's this here? Oh, oh, that's not what I wanted. Okay, so that's, that's that, that's not, all right. So we took care of that, all right. So the Connecticut Panthers, okay, they are on Spreaker to listen to them. Uh, here's the direct website for Spreaker, and I'll read it to, to you uh, when it actually comes up. Uh, so the Connecticut Panthers are on Spreaker, do a little bit of a pregame with an interview with a, either coach or a player beforehand, and then I go to the game, insert a little bit of music here and there, which is royalty-free, um, you know, so that that works out good. Uh, unfortunately, the YouTube, which is Sportswire Audio Network, the YouTube page, um, I got to tell you, it's um, it's under construction. We haven't gotten the necessary amount of listens yet, so uh, it still breaks it down into 15-minute segments or whatever, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Okay. All right, Panthers football uh, team uh, ga- uh, games. Let me go to the distribution page. Okay, so we have not been added to Apple Podcasts yet. But here we go. Okay, so Spreaker has been obviously. Here's the uh, the website for the game Spreaker.com slash show slash ct dash panthers dash football. You can listen to it there. Then it is at Spotify. Uh, you look it up CT Panthers, uh, and it's also on Castbox. Go ahead and and search uh, CT Panthers on Castbox. Still waiting on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. That is for the Panthers. For the Sportswire, we're everywhere. We are everywhere you want to be. (laughs) Okay, so for the Sportswire, which obviously this will be episode 8 of the relaunch. Distribution. There we go. We are on Spreaker. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Okay. We are on iHeartRadio, we are on Google Podcasts, and we are on CastBox, as well as Podcast Addict, Podbean, uh, 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 TuneIn, Twi- uh, let's see, RadioPublic.com, uh, Stitcher, we're everywhere. We are absolutely everywhere, so go ahead and search Sportswire wherever, look for our Flame logo, and that is where you will find us. Uh Okay, so with that being said, the Connecticut Panthers unfortunately suffered a loss in their season opener last last week. Um, it was just heartbreaking. It really was. Thirty-five to was it thirty-five to twelve, and um, to the North Shore Generals. And I need to apologize. We did not have a roster yet. <laughs> that's what, like I said, that's why I was so happy that uh, you know I got the roster. But no, we didn't have a roster yet for either team technically. Um, so I was kind of going my number, listening to the PA as well, and, uh, going through what I had. So with that said, uh, I want to apologize for the, uh, quality of it. You know, I was kind of calling numbers, not names so, so much. Um, but either way, the Panthers are off to an 0-1 start, and they have a lot of new players, a lot of people from Springfield and, and Western Mass, uh, on the team this year. 
Um, Rob Stein is a kicker. He's right here from West Hartford, Connecticut. Quarterback is Marquise Eberhart from Springfield. Um, you still have Jamie the Rocket Bryant You still have, as a wide receiver. You still have uh, uh, Marky Desrouseau as a wide receiver. Luis Colon is, is here from West Hartford. Aquan Shabazz is still here as a, as a wide receiver. Uh, you still got John Manning as a, as a defensive back. Uh, Jeffrey Flores here from West Haven, Connecticut uh, as a wide receiver. Uh, let's see, you've got Chase Presley as a tight end. He's from Windsor, Connecticut. I'm just, I'm not going in order. I'm just kind of... David Rodney, linebacker from Plainville, Connecticut. Uh, he's a dude. Worked with him before. Uh, let's see, uh, you still got Mark Moose Welch as the defensive lineman from Windsor, Connecticut. Uh, so, I mean, you still have a, a decent core of players. But, with that said, you got a lot of new guys here. So, uh, it does take time to gel as a team. You got to get that, find that chemistry. Uh, you don't know where it's where it is. Last week, it just wasn't there. Uh, there were more, in my opinion, there were more penalty yards than uh, offensive yards for both teams. Um, you know, and unfortunately, the defense, neither the defense nor the offense, were uh, up to par last year, last week. Uh, a lot of turnovers. Uh, there were quite a couple of uh, uh, interceptions, especially there was one right in the end zone, which was heartbreaking. Um, you know, on the uh, on the side, you know, there were a lot of missed field goals too, and that was for both teams. So, I mean, Rob Stein, who's the kicker, uh, actually, I believe he did make a field goal for the Panthers, but for the Generals, uh, you know, just wasn't there. <laughs> um, it, you know, he, he did it. He missed a lot of uh, field goals. And actually, a, a lot of his punts, or, or kickoffs rather, went out of bounds. So they kept getting, a, they kept getting uh, you know, penalized on the kickoff. And I, like I said, I think that might have been a, a plan where you can control it to, you know, 30 yards, 35 yards, whatever it is, uh, compared to if Bryant or uh, Shabazz or any of the uh, wide receivers did actually catch the kickoff, they could have returned it for a lot of yardage. Um, so, I mean, that could have been, uh, you know, it could have been a, uh, <sighs> um, a, uh, now I can't think of the word. <laughs> it could have been a strategy. There we go. could have been a strategy used on the part of the North Shore Generals to control the kickoff return. So, you lose some penalty yardage, but at least you're holding them to only so many yards as opposed to an unknown amount of yards if a fast person got through the line of defense and was able to, you know, get a good run back. So, that that's that's where we're at with that. Uh, we will, Like I said, we'll be back in Falcon Field uh, tonight, being the 27th of July. Game time is at 7.05. Uh, let me just kind of go through the... Uh, rest of the schedule for everybody and um, you know if you subscribe to it once we get on Apple you could subscribe to it uh, subscribe to the podcast the, the Panthers podcast will be downloaded phone um, here we go so we already faced the North Shore Generals last Saturday today is the 27th uh, New Hampshire Nor'easter Next week, on the 3rd of August, we are at the Bay State Bucks. 
uh, in a away game, and then uh, on the 10th at Middleborough Cobras. Um, on the 17th, we're back home against the Boston Bandits. The 24th, which I, now I have to reschedule my birthday party, uh, we're away at the Troy City Titans. Uh, on the 7th, and then uh, we do have a bye week for, everybody has a bye week for Labor Day. Nobody plays on that weekend. Uh, so instead of uh, worrying about the Connecticut Panthers, you can go ahead and watch double, uh, AEW's All Out pay-per-view. <laughs> um, on the 7th of September, we're at home against the Southern New England Admirals. On the 14th of September, we are away at uh, the Mass Massachusetts State Wolverines. Have a bye week on the 21st, and then on the 28th, uh, we're away at the Taunton Gladiators, and then on October 5th, the last, um, the last year, the last week of the season, last game of the season, we are at home at Falcon Field against the Mill City Eagles on October 5th, uh, and then playoffs start, I believe, the next week after that. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of good games coming up. You know, and the schedule is pretty good because a lot of the farther teams travel to us as opposed to us going to them. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Kind of sucks that I do have a, uh, you know, a birthday in August. Then my son has one in September, too. So it's kind of hard, and I don't, you know, we're going to have to play it by ear in terms of doing stuff for our birthdays. But, you know, maybe Labor Day weekend I'll do something and whatever. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, with that said, you know, listen to the podcast for the Panther. It is uh, this this current one is up on Spreaker. Uh, hopefully, we get uh, hopefully we get uh, authorized by Apple pretty soon so that it'll be on Apple Podcasts and going so on and so forth. But right now, it is on Spreaker. It, it's on Spotify, and it's also on uh, Castbox for the Panthers. And like I said, Sportswire is everywhere, so go ahead. I love the fact that we're on iHeartRadio, so now, you know, next year we could be, uh, Sportswire can be nominated for a podcast award, <laughs> which would be actually pretty funny if you think about it, because it's just me. Um, but anyways, so go ahead and uh, check that out. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with segment number three here on the Sportswire. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Sports Wire. We are in segment three right now. Uh, Already talked politics. Already talked a little bit about the Connecticut Panthers who take on the uh, New Hampshire Nor'easter tonight at Falcon Field, 7 p.m. So if you're downloading this and listening to it on the day that it's released, uh, come on out and join us. Tickets are only 10 bucks at the the door. All right, with that said, moving on to some WWE news and notes. WWE have just recently updated their network app and their app in general, uh, which is actually pretty freaking cool. The only thing is it doesn't work on uh, Windows 10 in terms of the app. You can still go to a browser window and watch uh, on Windows 10, whether it be on Chrome or Edge or whatever. Um, 
but the app is really cool. They and on Roku they brought back the autoplay function. I am so happy um, because they took it away for a while, or there was a glitch and it just didn't work. Either way, I am so happy that they took back the auto. They brought back the autoplay function. Uh, all right. Anywho. I want to thank you all for listening again. My name is Big Daddy Cool Vinny Apicella, and I'm here. WWE News and Notes. We have a new WWE Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar. He cashed in the money in the bank at uh, Extreme Rules on Seth Rollins, which actually works out very well. I'm not, I'm not disappointed with the way that it ended. It kept everybody looking strong, uh, with the exception of Seth, but it kept Becky looking strong because she, she didn't lose her title because it wasn't during the uh, mixed tag extreme rules match. Although Becky took a, uh, a uh, end of days from Baron Corbin. Uh, and again, I'm not disappointed with that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not one where, where intergender matches necessarily should be a thing. But if there's some intergender action during a mixed tag match, or even if it's an intergender tag match, then it would be really cool. You know, I don't mind, like, but it has to be realistic. Like, a, a woman like Nia Jax or, or China or Karma, that they have the size, you know, because they're bigger, bigger women, you know. Uh, they have the size. It's believable for them to fight men, you know. And, and you know, it's like during WCW days, Jackie, uh, Miss Jackie, you know, um, Jacqueline, she, uh, Jackie Moore, she, you know, WWE Hall of Famer. She did fight some guys. She fought Chavo or Disco Inferno. Um, she also, you know, even in the w- but in WWE, she was more feminine, I guess you would say. You know, even though she had an edge to her, and she did team with the APA for a few times or whatever um, in a manager's style. But either way, I think that, uh, you know, but, you know, or if you did one with, like, uh, Shayna Baszler or Ronda Rousey, where they have that UFC mixed martial arts experience, yeah, it's it's realistic that she could probably beat the guy. But any of the other women, uh, like a Lacey Evans or an Alexa Bliss or a Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair or Bailey, it's not realistic that they can necessarily beat a guy. So I, that's why I say I try to shy away from intergender matches. You know, like a, a girl like Priscilla Kelly. She's not someone who should be participating in intergender matches. She's, it's not realistic that she could actually beat a guy. You know, unless the guy is someone like James Ellsworth. Or, you know, skinny mini guy, nerdy looking. That's the, that's the other way that, you know, it's a possibility. But they had uh, an impact, I want to say, you know, not too long ago, they had a, uh, a main event of Tessa Blanchard versus, was it Joey Janela? Um, yeah, Tessa Blanchard versus Joey Janela, you know, and it was like a hardcore match or whatever. That's just bullshit. It's garbage. It's garbage wrestling. You know, not taking anything away from Tessa Blanchard, but Joey Janela is not a good wrestler in himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, he's a, he's not, he's really not. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's like, it has to be believable, in my opinion. You know, and, and I know you're going to say, well, wrestling's fake, it's all predetermined. You're right. But I can't suspend disbelief that much to, to feel like a, let's say, a girl like Alexa Bliss can beat the big show. You know what I mean? 
you know, and I know those are two extremes, but it, but it's it's the same thing. It's, it proves my point. You know what I mean? It's like you have to you could suspend your disbelief only so much before you say, well, you know, that's just not believable. You know, like like the idiot Joey Ryan with his you know dick flip and his crotch of steel or whatever. You will never ever get me to believe that a penis can be strong enough to flip someone. You know what I mean? And it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I, you know, I'm sorry, but Joey Ryan is not a professional wrestler. Joey Ryan is someone who pretends to be a wrestler who, you know, I'm sorry, he is just an entertainer, but his his gimmick sucks. It's not entertaining. It's like, I can't, I'm sorry, but I can't suspend disbelief enough to feel like if I grab someone's crotch, I'm going to get hurt. That, no. You know what I mean? That's just not happening. You know, because I will know, so, no, you know, if you ever, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm not a wrestler, and I'm never, you know, I doubt I'll ever get a chance to be, but like, if I was ever in the ring with him and he wanted me to do it, I'm no selling it. But like, okay, I've got your balls. You're some, you're the one that's supposed to be Scrap, you know, crying in pain, not me. Um, so yeah, I, that's just bullshit. And, and for and for Hall of Famers like Billy Gunn and uh, and and Jerry uh, uh, Mick Foley to actually buy into this garbage and sell for it is just absolutely ridiculous. Joey Ryan is not in any major company, nor will he ever be in any major company. There was talk about WWE trying to sign him, and it's like, no, why? You don't need him. You know, um, and I and he hasn't gone to AEW with his friends, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and you know all that. And you know, I will give credit where credit is due. Okay, Omega, the Bucks are great athletes. They are. They're great athletes. You know, but some of their stuff that, uh, you know, some of the stuff that they've done is just ridiculous. Like, at, um, what is it? Fight uh, Fighter Fest. When they had the six-man match against the Looster Brothers and uh, um, I almost said Lismark Jr., the Laredo kid, um, you know, and they did the the Hadouken from Street Fighter, seriously, and then, and then for the Luchadors to sell it, it's just ridiculous. That, that's just bullshit, and and that's the kind of stuff that has no place in wrestling. It really doesn't, you know. Uh, people got mad at me for for. Um, not condoning and not liking Sonny Kiss and what he did at the Double or Nothing Battle Royal. Uh, you know, and it's like, everybody's like, oh, you're homophobic. No, it's just not entertaining. It's it's different because, see, here's the thing. I prefer to see believability. Like, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, weren't you around when Rikishi used to do the stink face? That's completely different. First of all, the guy was sitting in the corner. Secondly, uh, Rikishi, who is close to 400 pounds and has a big ass, um, it's realistic for his ass to stink. You know what I mean? You know, and you know, sweat and everything, so you stick it in his face, and that's you know realistic. You know, um, when Francine used to do it, that was more for like, oh damn, I wish I was him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and it's like that that's the kind of stuff so it's like with Sonny Kiss there's nothing really it's like okay so what do you want you, you want it you want it 
you want us to think that you're getting pleasure by bringing a guy's face to your ass like he wants to lick your ass and you want to get sexual pleasure from it that to me that's what it says and that is just you know not what I want to see and it's not that I'm homophobic it's not that I'm you know get, making fun of him for being gay or whatever it's just it has no place in wrestling and that's exactly what it is it's, and for Tommy Dreamer again this you know it's just ridiculous um you know, I was listening to uh, Grill and JR this past week, and uh, Conrad Thompson was uh, promoting an event that's happening this weekend, I think. And, you know, it's like he's mentioned that Orange Cassidy be wrestling. Really? I mean, the guy, that's, again, it's not realistic to me. A guy who's just going to do a couple of, you know, very light slaps and super kicks and keep his hands in his pockets the whole time. And, you know, I mean, it's like, Come on, how hard is it to kick his head off? I can't imagine that he gets any offense, number one, and actually wins anything. Because he's got his hands in his pocket the whole time and kips up. And, you know, it's like, you know, he does these light little taps. And it's like, no. I, again, you can't suspend your disbelief for that much to think that little taps are going to hurt someone. Tommy Dreamer did the best thing he could in, in that battle royal at Double or Nothing. You know, he took a couple of these little weak-ass shots, and then he punched the guy in the face. And then the guy kicked up. You know, and then you throw the guy over the top rope. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, that's just, again, it's ridiculous. So a lot of this, you know, that's why I don't like Daniel Bryan. <laughs> you know, and it's because, you know, and I'll give credit where credit is due. Daniel Bryan is a great wrestler. Okay? He paid his dues on the indie scene. He, you know, and he is an actual good wrestler that came from the indie scene. Guys like uh, Diana Bryan or Ricochet or, uh, you know, whoever. Jay Styles, who, again, did the indie scene before and after Impact. Uh, Samoa Joe, guys like that who, who did the indie scene a lot. Um, CM Punk, you know, I will always give credit to them because they, they wrestle the right way. That's why they made it to the WWE. Um... Uh, but I don't like Daniel Bryan, and it's because he he's, he just grates me the wrong way. Everything he talks about, you know, everything, you know, and then everybody's like, oh, well, it's this character, he's vegan. Even when he was a babyface, I don't like him. I'll give credit that he's a great wrestler, but no, I don't, I don't like him at all. Um, and then, uh... You know, CM Punk, big news. CM Punk is going to be appearing at StarCast 3 in Chicago for the All Out pay-per-view. That is huge news. I'm thinking he, he's going to be back with AEW the next night. Um, and back in wrestling, everybody's like, oh yeah, he's out of wrestling for good. Well, his UFC career flopped. You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, that's, that's amazing to me. Um, again, went off on tangent. Started with you know, the Universal Championship and everything, but that's what I do here. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. I got to get going. So, <laughs> got a long day for me ahead of me today. So, I want to thank you all for listening. Again, my name is Big Daddy Cool, Vinny Apicella. This is the Sports Wire. Download it from wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, and now, I could add iHeartRadio to that. So, Again, enjoy your day. If you're in the Connecticut area and you're listening to this on the 27th, come on out to Falcon Field tonight. 
to watch the Connecticut Panthers take on the New Hampshire Nor'easter. If not, wait in a couple days. It'll be out on Spreaker and hopefully soon on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else as well. But for Big Daddy Cool Vinny Absella, I am Big Daddy Cool Vinny Absella. Enjoy your day and have a great day. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you, hopefully we'll see you next week.